I remind myself often when the day is super full or new, you know, new responsibilities come in or uh, responsibilities start to add up that, you know, I have the energy that creates worlds coursing through my veins and my goal in life, really, like one of my goals is like to live at optimal health. And so the things that bring me joy are non-negotiable. So a, a strategy, if I'm to give a strategy here, is get really clear on what's non-negotiable in your life. Family, joy, time with your spouse or partner, time with your kids, time with your dog, time on the trails, whatever it may be. What are those things? Get really clear on what you want in this life so that you can take the things that we need to do. We got to play in the world. We got to live in the world. We got to file taxes and we got to pay the mortgage and those things. How does that fit within the construct of the life that you desire? Welcome back to the Yogi Triathlete Podcast. I'm here with Beach. My name is Jess and this is the June edition of the Osho where we are open and honest, answering your questions, going into the confessionals, reading from our diaries, talking about endurance sports, mindfulness, plant-based nutrition, pretty much everything's on the table here. So you guys don't hold back. We don't hold back. Throw us your questions at any time, your inquiries, and we will put them on the list for the next show. But we actually have questions today. We put it out there and we got some questions to dig into, but um, how's your day going? Because I feel like I saw you this morning and then you were gone and I was gone and now you're back. What'd you do today? So this morning I get to meet an athlete in Oceanside and go for a spin, three hour ride up West Lilac. Uh, she is training for Oceanside, her first triathlon. I love I love it when they just their first triathlon is a half Ironman. That's so common now. Like when we started, that was it was like you do the sprint, then you do the Olympic. Olympic. Maybe a half marathon. Half marathon. That's what I did. I did a half marathon, then I did a half Ironman, then I did a full marathon, then I did a full Ironman. But yeah, started at that sprint. But I love it. Just go into the deep end. Why not? Yeah, I, I at first, and I get this question a lot, like, should you build up, you know, race by race by race? But if you feel compelled to jump in and do it, and you're, it, it, it aligns, it feels good, then do it. It's all about the mind. What does the mind believe? Does the mind believe you need to lead up? Or does the mind believe that you can just jump in and do this race? And having perspective of, um, you know, your, your, the beginner's mindset, I'm just going to keep, be like a sponge, just soak everything up as much as possible and just have an experience. Yeah, and that's what, so that's what I did this morning. I love it, like I love it. Last week I rode with her after doing my ride in the morning on the trainer and then jumped on the bike and met her for a longer ride outside. So this is what I love to do. I asked her today, I was like, because she's in between jobs, um, you know, taking the time, uh, she's got like time during the day. And I was like, well, could you do this every day? And I, I said, I like asking that question because if people ask me that question, you know, what happens if you didn't have to go to the office or didn't have to, you know, make money or, or like you had all this time, what would you do? And I said, I would go train a lot and I would help other people. And I said, that's exactly what I do. It's my job. So that, uh, that was just, it was just so fulfilling, filled my cup today to be out there. Yeah. Very cool. How was your morning? 
Because I know we left each other. You went one way, I went the other. Yeah, I went to the trails and I had the best workout ever, which was, well, me go, me getting ready. Like I'm walking out the door and it's like, okay, what's my workout? That's when I get, I get my workouts very much in the present moment. And uh, you said, go easy. You don't have to do anything. And I was like, yeah, I love race week <laughs> so much. Uh, because, because I know you love race weeks. I know you, I you love, love them. I love, yes. And I, I love to race. I love to race. I love to be like, okay, ego, like you can just shine your competitive spirit this weekend. And, you know, I'm not going for blood or anything like that. But if you're in front of me, you better believe I'm going to try and pass you before the finish line at some point, right? Like Watch while out. while self-regulating, right? So I love to bring the ego out for play, but then stay in charge of it. Right. But I love that competitiveness. I love it. I really, really do have a lot of fun. And so I've been doing a lot of math training and sprinkling in the speed over these last couple of weeks. And the paces are, they're, I'm pleasantly surprised with the paces. I love this math work. So yeah, I went out for an easy hour trail run and I felt so good. And there were times where I was like going uphill and, you know, I could feel that heart rate elevating, but I felt really good and I stopped and walked. And that's another thing I love about race week is pratyahara, which is a limb of yoga in and of itself, which is withdrawing the senses, pulling in, bringing that energy in and up and not just running up the hill because I feel really good. Of course I feel good. I've put in the work, I'm healthy. And now I'm, it's Wednesday of race week and I'm feeling rested. Of course I'm going to feel good. So it's self-regulation. The Pratyahara is an amazing limb of yoga to practice during taper because, you know, you want to feel like a caged animal, I think. And um, so it's not just expending the energy because I can, but pulling the energy in and keeping it in there and then unleashing it when the time is appropriate and it wasn't appropriate today. And then I came home, made my recovery smoothie, and then I just did a podcast. I was on the uh, Trail Life podcast uh, with um, Jeff Stoner, who is the race director for the Endurance Race Series. He's got a series of great races here in San Diego and then also great races out in the Boulder, Colorado area. So that was super fun. We talked all about being a vegan athlete. And um, so, yeah, that will, I think, that'll drop probably before this drops. Uh, I think it's going to drop next week. But yeah, and then took Clark for a walk and here I am sipping my cacao drinking some water, hanging out with you. Hanging out with you, fine And folks. everybody else who's listening. <laughs> I love hanging out with you guys. Well, let's, I know we didn't really talk about what we were going to talk about other than There's been the so questions. many things that we but, need to have like sticky notes ever because we're always but, like, we got to talk about that. We got to talk about Sunday, that. Sunday, or the experience we had Sunday with the team. Yeah. I think it was just amazing. We, we've got more local athletes and we did a lagoon swim, uh, open water swim. As races are coming back on, it's great to get in the water. And then we did run uh, run on the rail trail behind our uh, place here. And yeah. it was just community, like getting everybody together. It's it's what we our goal was when we made the trek out here to build community and be be part of something really, really special. And it's growing and it's building. And we've only been here. Four years. It's going to be years, or five years. What's the date? It's like June 9th or tenth. So we left Newport, Rhode Island on June fourteenth, five years ago. 
We've been gone from Rhode Island five years ago. For, for five years ago, for five years. You're right. Isn't that wild? Yeah. Yeah, wow. And so then we were on the road for six months. So we've been here in Carlsbad for four and a half years. And we were only in Newport for five and a half years planning our escape the whole time. <laughs> and, you know, it's just, life is so precious, man. I'm so grateful for all the years that I've had. I'm so grateful for all the years that I've had. We often reflect on this baked in practice of gratitude. Like I, we were talking last night, a little pillow talk before we went to bed about how when we were in Boulder, I remember every day waking up and being like, welcome to another day in our beautiful life. And we had highs and lows and I was having like peaks and crashes and all that stuff, right? Um, that was before I started meditating and really focusing on training my mind. But yeah, I just feel really grateful for all the years I've had on this on this earth so far. It's going pretty well. I mean, it's been brought me to my knees. It's kicked me when I'm down, but you always get back up. It's really, it's not that big of a deal. Um, so yeah, so here I am. Uh, yeah, so Sunday. And then uh, Daniel, vegan-powered athlete, welcome to the coaching team. Daniel is now one of our triathlon coaches. BJ's cup is full right now, but it will continue to ebb and flow. People will come off of races, take breaks, come back. And so there'll be times where you have availability, but Daniel is coming in. He's um, actually brought with him the greatest gift, which is six athletes. So we got to welcome on six athletes onto Team Yogi Triathlete that will continue under Daniel's guidance. And he is currently open and awake and ready to bring on new athletes. Daniel also... um, Bringing on another triathlon coach has allowed us to bring in a second tier of, you know, pricing, which is so lovely. Uh, And so, yeah, so uh, check all that out. You can check it out at yogitriathlete.com. Meet the coaches. You can read about Daniel, read about Liz, our running coach. Yeah, his running. That's another price point um, there. And uh, they are both available for taking on athletes. They're ready to rumble. They're ready to be your rumble strips. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Who liked that analogy? Who were we talking to? Chris Howe. Oh, somebody was just talking to me yesterday saying that you were, somebody that coaches with you said that you're just amazing at being this person's rumble strips. Hmm. Yeah, because they find themselves teetering in the rumble strip <laughs> often. <laughs> Are they snoozing at the wheel? And go- <laughs> snoozing at the wheel. <laughs> and then there you are. <laughs> That's That's so cool. I love it. That's great. Um, Yeah. What else is going on? We're leaving for a race. Yeah. Soon. Yeah. Not. We're not talking about my race. We're going to Coeur d'Alene. Going to Coeur d'Alene. Ironman Coeur d'Alene. It's two weeks from Sunday. We leave in less than two weeks, which is so cool. I can't wait. I'm so excited. Super excited. The only thing is that Clark isn't coming. Yeah. That's because we're flying. That is like two thumbs down. That's a big sad face. Emoji. But not for the people that are taking care of them. No, they're they're going to be, they're gonna be in, in, the, in the presence of the joy creator. Yeah. So. Yeah. So that we got that trip coming up. And uh, what else? We have a lot of travel coming up. Then we'll be in Sedona um, for my triathlon comeback. Right. What? Flagstaff. What? what? Flagstaff is the race. Sedona, we're going to hang so out. So much brewing behind the scenes right now. And then what else? That's July. Yeah. And then we'll be at Worlds. In September. Yeah, we got some travel coming up. It's good stuff. Yeah, so if you guys are going to be at any of these races, Ironman California, 
Uh, 70.3 Worlds, Coeur d'Alene, the Mountain Man Sprint or Olympic Triathlon in Flagstaff in July. Like, let us know. We'd love to meet up. We'd love to say hello. We'd love to meet you um, and exchange some energy. That'd be cool. And if you feel like traveling to Carlsbad and coming to train with us, please do. Yeah, anytime. That's all we do. We train, we podcast. <laughs> it's not all we do. No, it's not all we do. We do a lot. It's a big part of what we do. Yeah. Our egos like to say, people have no idea how much we do. <laughs> Sometimes the ego says, but they have no you idea see how the much list. They, they say they get up at six and go to bed at nine. Well, we get up at four and we go to bed at 10. <laughs> so silly. No, we would never go to bed at 10. That's way too late. It's really late. That is a hard line. 10 o'clock is like... Way late. That's only if there's like a WTC race. Yeah. <laughs> Those are the, we were watching the ones from Leeds the other day. Oh my they were gosh. long. If you haven't they watched... They were amazing. The, the so exciting. World Triathlon Leeds race. It's so exciting. Such stacked field. I feel like everybody's just got so much race energy. Yeah. Built up. Like it's just cool. ready to unleash. Yay. And the Olympics, they were talking about the Olympics like in eight weeks. Yeah. Six or eight weeks. Oh, and you know what else? We should say that um, Daniel, Coach Daniel is going to be up at, in Oregon for the 70.3. Yep. He'll also be in Coeur d'Alene. Uh, Liz is Everesting in August. She's doing the Everesting. So definitely connect with her at Running on Venti if you're going to be there. And uh, Daniel will also be, is he doing 70.3 Arizona? Or he's doing full Arizona, full Ironman. Well, you're his coach. Well, what else is he doing? October, he's doing California and then Arizona. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Maybe Worlds. Maybe Worlds. Because he's doing Oregon. Oregon yeah. has spots for this. Or maybe Kona. George. Why not? Who knows? Let's just bring it, you yeah. guys. 2021. We got to make up for 2020. <laughs> Come on, bring it. All right, should we jump into questions? Let's do it. Okay. So you guys message these to us. So whenever you message them to us, we're not going to say your name. If uh, you want your name in there, you don't care if your name's in there, just do a comment to the post that we put out there. Yeah. Right? I just want to respect privacy. Uh, okay. First question, what are your takeaways from the completion of the Conquer 100? Thoughts about day 101? Insane. Yeah, so as we are... Recording this podcast, James just finished the 100 yesterday, his 100th day of swimming 2.4 miles, biking 112 miles, and running a marathon or walking a marathon for 100 days straight. Yeah. And can I just say something? There yeah. was somebody in this household that called the Iron Cowboy Distance 101. Who was that? You. Early on, yeah, I know. I said I'm not surprised. I'm not going to be surprised if he gets to 100 and he goes out and does 101. Yeah, you're like he's going to do another one. Yeah, I know yeah. James. Well, that's the ego saying like I know James. <laughs> so I don't know him. No, I mean just when he tally, like he was tallying up. I've been tallying up miles, and it's just like like 112 miles well, for 100 days. Isn't that like 112,000 miles? Well, I think about... It's 112,000 miles. That's what Aaron biked. Aaron biked every day. I know, yeah. And then there's Aaron and Casey who are doing like so much behind, like Aaron's biking next to him. That's 100... Is that is my math right? Because that's yeah, mind-blowing. 112,000. All right, hold on. So I want you to talk about your takeaways. I want to do some math. Oh, I guess it's not really hard math, right? 2.4 times 100. So 240 miles swimming. 
<laughs> like looking at me like you can't believe I'm. Oh, it's not 112,000 miles. It's 11,200. See, I'm glad I got my calculator out. I think you just add the two zeros after. And 2,620 miles running. <laughs> Might as well be 112,000 miles. <laughs> Math is not my strong suit. No. I thought I was adding two zeros. It's a lot of miles. I was adding three. Because yeah. I think I, in my head, 100 is three digits. Mm. So anyway, <clears throat> I think I was just saying that my mind is very logical the other day. What are your takeaways? Takeaways, uh, I was pretty confident he was going to do it, you know, just knowing that he did the 50s. And the setup that he had and the community that he had. And then we got to join him for day 65, 64 and 65. It was just a routine. I mean, you just create a new routine. So what do I take away? He's, uh, you know, he's doing what most of us wish they could do. He's, he's actually making his yes be yes. He committed to something and he went out about and did it. When it got rainy and cold and logistically, like, I think one point the cops were like, you can't have a truck following, like all these things that were coming up against him. He didn't just say, oh, I'm not going to do it or wake up and not do it or hit snooze and not do it. He committed to doing it and he did it. Uh, So much so that today he's doing 101. He's doing it as a victory lap that, that he can do the challenge and he can do more. And so there's nothing that separates James from any of us. It really isn't. It's just what do you... Do you want to succumb to the mindset or belief that says that he can do it, but I I definitely can't do it and take that approach? Or are you intrigued by something bigger than yourself that seems scary and unknown, which is exactly what James just did. And he put together the logistics behind it to get it done and he got it done. So I think the big lesson here is question what you're, what you're shying away from. Question about not living a big enough life. Question living in fear and doubt and staying safe. And as long as I'm in this box of rules, you know, it keeps me safe. If all, all this is lined up, I'm okay. Anything outside of that, you know, gets a little scary and I may not want to dip my toes over there. So I, I think it's a, it's a point of inspiration. I also think he, he pulled together again community. He just showed what the power of community can do in a time where we were all uh, told to stay in our houses and wear masks and not look at people's you know faces and and create separateness. He created this whole thing to build community to bring togetherness. Um, so what a what a jumping off point for the world to 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 grasp a hold of. Um, but yeah, I'm just, you know, truly, obviously inspired by it. And, you know, I, I can say on my fifth and sixth interval last night on the trainer, I just said the Cowboys out here doing 100. I mean, I can go and do three, you know, two sets of three minutes, a little bit more. And if that's, if that's the traction that he's creating, if that's the inspiration and people are acting on it, amazing, uh, beautiful, awesome. Go for it. And if you're if you watch James every day do this, great. You're excited. You're inspired. But what are you going to put into action? What can you put into actual um, action in your life? I don't know. Just 
get curious about that. I think it's a it's a point of of um, shifting in this world where we're not living a big enough life. And maybe I'm speaking to myself. Like I can even go bigger, go higher, and challenge myself more. Yeah, it's qu- quite amazing. But I'm not surprised. And what do I feel about day 101? Of course. Of course. Why not? I do that when I do 30 by 100s. I'll go and do 31. So that's where I gel with. Like, I get that. I understand that. Like, it's just one more. It just shows that you can do the challenge. You can do the set. And you can go one more. Right. Like, if you miss a 50 in the pool... Or you're not sure if you missed a 50 in the pool. Are you the person that does the extra 50? Or do you say, oh, I can be 50 shy. It's okay. I, I do the extra 50. Always do the Always. extra 50. <laughs> I, don't, I don't. So that's, that's great because that means you better be awake and ready in the pool. Like you better be counting. You better be present. You don't want to keep doing this. Like it's a lesson to be present. Otherwise you're going to be penalized and, and take the, the approach of doing one more. So better yeah. be awake. Yeah, I love that. I'm glad you mentioned that. So what did you take away? Well, this goes along with something that we were talking about over these last couple of weeks. And we were like, we got to talk about this on the show. And it's funny that now it's come back (laughs) into my awareness is that people take score way too soon. They do something for a week or two weeks and they go, oh, I don't, you know, they don't, they don't remain steadfast, right? There's, there's a lack of steadfastness. And, you know, watching this from afar at the beginning, it was very uncomfortable for me because I was watching him and being in a lot of suffering and pain. And so a takeaway for me is that, you know, he helped me strengthen my ability to hold space for people who are suffering because I did not want to be that person that was introducing doubt or um, introducing like, oh my God, I don't want him to feel this way, right? Like not to, to be introducing fight or doubt. And so a takeaway for me is that he allowed me to strengthen that muscle. Another takeaway is that he let his yes be yes and that he stayed the course. And there were so many times he could have taken score and he had, I can't even imagine, I mean, reasons every moment to quit and he kept going. And there's a story in the Yoga Sutras about letting your yes be yes, having resolve, giving your mind no leniency whatsoever. And it talks about this king who says to his right-hand man, you know, the next person who comes to the castle with ash on his forehead, bring him in, I need to speak with him. And so the person shows up at the king at the castle and he's got the ash on and uh, ash on his head but he's the king's enemy. So his right-hand man goes to the king and says, "Well, there's somebody at the gates that has ash on his forehead, but it's your enemy and he's going to come and he's going to kill you." And the king says, "I said, let him in. Let him in." And the guy comes in and he kills him. But he didn't crumble on his yes. And something that we learned, I think I even talked about it on last month's podcast, was when we begin to crumble on things, other things in our lives will crumble, right? Every action has an equal and opposite reaction. So if you're wondering why things keep interrupting your schedule or things aren't going to plan or, ah, where where have you crumbled in your life? And, And it doesn't really matter what got you to this point, but just notice that everything is... 
um, that opposite reaction coming back. It's this game of boomerang. So I just thought that that was such an extreme example of letting your yes be yes. And when we were there and uh, I talked with him on the walk, we were walking together and I don't even know, it was maybe a 10 minutes or maybe even less than that. I could just feel like I was like, oh, he is not wavering. Like it's his body will need to fall away in order for him to quit. Like he was mentally so locked in and I felt that just being in his, in his presence. So that when we say let your yes be yes, it really is like he did that to an extreme and he's showing people that when you remain steadfast and focused and don't give your mind any leniency, right? Like you say, oh, I'm going to fast. And then your neighbor comes over with an apple pie and you go, oh, I can fast tomorrow. That's giving your mind leniency. That's saying, oh, it's okay not to do what you say you're going to do. And man, he just locked in and um, that was really impressive. So I got to see that through the experience of another, like really holding that steadfastness, like super rooted into his commitment and knowing that he was not wavering, that it was going to like take the falling away of his body for him to quit. Like he was not quitting. It was, it was something else. So those are a couple of my takeaways. And the 101, I'm totally not surprised. Like when you said it, I was like, yep, that's exactly what he's going to do. Of course he's going to do that. He's going to do the victory lap for him. Without the fanfare, like you said, there was no media or, you know, I don't know if they're filming it or whatever. Or maybe filming it, but yeah, there's no... Yeah. There's no thing. I, I, I think um, it's, a, it's a belief that you've built momentum with. So you were just talking about someone who always shies away from things, maybe says yes, but then says no. And things in their life start to show up in that direction. So you're creating momentum in a system around whatever it is that you believe. And the same works with him. So when you saw him, he was like so head, so strong in the belief that he was going to do it because that's what he's been building and exercising over the course. I could just feel it, yeah. Injury, doesn't matter, right? Uh, nutrition, he was down on his nutrition, like all, the weather, things were, bike crashes, like things were happening. And yet he was just like, we just got to keep going. And if you were someone who went down there expecting to like engage with him and, and, um, you know, we get into that realm of like, oh, it should be a little bit about me and my experience. This was all for James. Like it was all for him. And his one focus was to get this done for him. So whether that meant saying goodbye to someone that he had talked to or saying hi to someone that showed up, it's about, he may have done those things on occasion, right? But he was steadfastly focused on getting himself to the finish line every day. Yeah. It takes a lot. It's just, I don't know if we're going to, I mean, who knows, right? Anything can happen. But another thing that I just feel so grateful to be on this earth, to watch something like that, just so impressive, insane, admirable, crazy, you know, and we can speculate about the wear and tear on the body. We can do all of that, but you know. I don't know, just like Botox. We're not really going to know the effects for a while. 
I don't know why I just thought of that. Um, maybe because I don't want all these wrinkles, but I just can't do it. Uh, anyway, yeah, really and really just superhuman. I mean, just, and if you don't, if you've never had the opportunity to talk to James, you know, he's, you know, he's machismo, right? He's like super strong. He's very, very masculine, but there's a softness and a gentleness about James that, uh, I don't know, I'll be interested. I know we'll probably talk to him at some point. I'll be interested to pull on that thread that just that non-resistance piece, which is very yin, not fighting against, because there was so much he could fight against. And that would have been excessive expenditure of energy. He couldn't afford to do that. So he put himself in a situation where he had no choice than to be present. And I know he had, I mean, he even said this sometimes, like (laughs) he had meltdowns and like, how am I going to do this and all of that. And just like we were talking to Sonny um, that day after, you know, when we were driving away and, and she was just like, anything can change. Like he could literally wake up tomorrow and his hip wouldn't hurt. Like you just don't know. Anything can change in an instant. And that's a, a really helpful mindset as we traverse, you know, the highs and the lows of this life, that anything can change in an instant. Yeah, whether you're heading into a race and you have an injury or you become sick <clears throat> or, you know, work takes over your life. Like I've seen it so many times where you just go to the race and you have an amazing experience. It really is your relationship to how these things happen. Mm-hmm. It, yeah, that's it's the only thing you have control over. They're going to happen at some point, whether it's racing, work, life. Something's going to challenge you, and you're going to be able, you're going <laughs> to be required to to turn that on yourself and not let the uh, not let the circumstances dictate how you feel, but yet choose how you feel. Choose, yeah, take the power back and having that higher goal of service too, to raise money for, um, oh, what is the name of his organization? Isn't Operations. Our, our? We'll put it in the show notes, but he's raising money for an organization that is helping to raise awareness and also end the horrific industry, because it's like an industry of sex trafficking. So um, yeah, I mean, to have something that intense as, you know, a, a service tie in to this like how do you give up on that so i just yeah i i think we just witnessed something that we i don't know i don't know like <laughs> i know it's not gonna i doubt it will ever i don't know if again. we're ever gonna see anything like it's like it's um you know it's alex hunold all, to, all over again right like are we ever gonna see somebody free solo el cap <laughs> successfully with um so much patience and presence, right? That's something else that takes that kind of thing. So yeah, really impressive stuff. I mean, so feel so blessed to be on the earth while this was happening and to be there with them. And we were there for the 50-50-50, part of that yeah. too. Yeah. So it's great to be part of these amazing uh, experiences. And it's uh, very generous of him to just open it up, um, these Totally, yeah. There's challenges to have people join him. And we had several athletes out there uh, that went out to join him. So you guys, kudos for acting on that hit and taking the trip. So cool. All right, next question. Can you discuss strategies for maintaining athletic, authentic lifestyle when returning to the office after months, or in my case, years? 
Well, you know, when I hear the word authenticity, it reminds me of like being plugged into who we are. And when we're plugged into who we are, it takes no effort. So if it takes no effort, then there's really no strategy needed, right? Like authenticity. Of, you are authentic. Yeah, like we are authentic. And so we're going to live um, our life in authenticity. So like for me, you know, this lifestyle of uh, endurance training and eating well and meditating and moving my body through strength training, mobility, asana practice, those are non-negotiable things in my life. So those are always first and foremost. And then, so whatever it is that comes my way, I work around those things. And sometimes that means sleep deprivation. And then that means a little extra uh, attention to my mindset, you know, am I, am I playing a role of a victim? Oh, I had to do this and I didn't get enough sleep. Or am I realizing that, you know, reminding myself that who I am in my authenticity has more energy than, you know, the entire city of Chicago, which is the example we use all the time, right? Right into the tip of our pinky finger. I remind myself often when the day is super full or new, you know, new responsibilities come in or, uh, responsibilities start to add up that, you know, I have the energy that creates worlds coursing through my veins. And my goal in life, really, like one of my goals is like to live at optimal health. And so the things that bring me joy are non-negotiable. So a, a strategy, if I'm to give a strategy here, is get really clear on what's non-negotiable in your life. Family, joy, time with your spouse or partner, time with your kids, time with your dog, time on the trails, whatever it may be. What are those things? Get really clear on what you want in this life so that you can take the things that we need to do, we got to play in the world, we got to live in the world, we got to file taxes and we got to pay the mortgage and those things. How does that fit within the construct of the life that you desire? I think getting it's clear really, on what you want is so big well, because what you desire, what sits on your heart is not there by mistake. Um, and so how do you express more of that in your life? Because when you express more of that, you'll be in more joy and everything that you need to do, whether it's filing taxes, whether it's, you know, going to the grocery store or going to the DMV, like everything you do will come with more ease and joy because you're, you're making the things that you love in your life a priority, and that's, I understand that's, for some people that's going to take some reprogramming. Um, BJ, I think for you, it took some reprogramming. You, you come and I, it's interesting because we both, we both come, come from families of really strong work ethic, but I had this twist on my upbringing of like how important I was and like putting me first, um, you know, maybe even to an extreme, I took it like to selfishness and maybe a bit of entitlement. But yours was more, you come from this family of service and hard work and doing a lot for other people. So I feel like maybe for you, there was like this programming of like putting yourself first. Which is seen, which I, I talk about this a lot with athletes as they struggle to find time to get in their workouts is back to what you said, like find out what your top priorities are, non-negotiables. And you've got to be a little selfish. And 
the stigma or the belief of what selfishness is, is it, it can be strong and you can indulge in that or you can, you can look at it as, and this is what I believe it to be, is um, tuning myself and my life and, and, and my vibration so high doing that work so that I can be of the best service to others. So it's basically taking what I grew up with, but really dialing in that radio dial, getting really dialed in on that one station, whatever it is out there, and um, attuning to that. And, and what that means is I've got to give a lot of time to myself, reflection time, training time, so that I'm a strong, stable, um, confident um, leader and can lead others into um, choices that maybe will be challenging, but in the end will help them grow as well. So using my experience along this, this path of mine to, to guide others, be the rumble ship for others. Yeah, so my family, I mean, this is what we did. We just, we did a lot of stuff, like hard, hard work. Skip, like we'd skip lunch and meals when we're doing projects and burying yourself. And that's definitely one way to go, but as you as you tune into to your to your to you and what's important to you, all that other stuff becomes secondary. You understand that you got in order to show up for everyone else. You got you must must tune yourself to who you are, who you truly are. And if you don't know, it's about getting curious about that. Try different things. Daniel just posted about it today. Like do things that scare you experience things that aren't in your your wheelhouse to get to know them and see if they inspire something inside of you. Um, I think another piece is I'm thinking about like in an athlete, you know, as a lifestyle is that there are many times where my day is very full um, and the workout, although non-negotiable, is flexible. So sometimes it's a 15-minute run. But it's something to keep the momentum going. It's something to get those good feeling chemicals released. It's something for me. And you always say, I hear you say this all the time, like 15 minutes is less than 1% of your day. Like you have 15 minutes sitting and having a meal by yourself in silence, chewing your food, you know, ensuring that you're having good digestion, being mindful about things. I did this yesterday. It was interesting because I set a timer, like I hit the stopwatch because I wanted to see like, how long is it going to take me to eat this huge bowl of oatmeal? Because you know, I have a big appetite, huge bowl of oatmeal, mindfully chewing every bite, putting my spoon down when I have such a full day, like how much of this day is getting sucked up by this eating in silence thing. 12 minutes. 12 minutes. So less than 1% of your less day. Less than 1% of my day. And um, yeah, so strategies are, you know, I would say like almost like the strategy to do more is to slow down. Because when we slow down, we're really plugged into how it is that we're moving through the world and we're fully immersed in what we're doing. And if we're fully immersed in what we're doing, we're fully available for what we're doing and we're going to do it efficiently. Do it right the first time. 
there's so much, you know, scurry in the mind about the future and the past, and I should have done this, and oh my God, what about this? And we're missing the immersion of what we're doing now. And then what happens is we screw up or we, you know, have regret or we have to, you know, go back and do it again or we forgot a piece and, you know, we, we lose the attention of those fine details. So actually, as we slow down, we are more efficient. So we're able to actually get more done. So, you know, authenticity, when we really are dialed into who we are, there's no effort, there's no strategy. And so to get to that point, get clear on what it is that you want. What are those non-negotiables and why are they non-negotiable? My non-negotiables are because I want to live a life of optimal health as best I can in every moment, progress, not perfection. And so um, it's not hard-lined. It's, you know, I like to have a cup of coffee in the morning. I like to have salty chips every now and again. Um, I like to have a beer every now and again. I like to have a glass of wine every now and again. But those aren't non-negotiables at all. Those are things like, oh, yeah, I feel like having that. I'm going to have that, and I'm going to do it mindfully because I know it's not moving me in the direction of optimal health. And I'm not going to beat myself up for it because I know who I am and, and what, I'm, what I want in this life. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. For me, it's exercise. Yeah, you've never, like, as long as we've known each other over 20 years, you have always, like, exercise has been something that you never waver on. And I think it's, well, I guess I was exercising before high school. Yeah, I was. I mean, I was playing sports, but I think being laid up with an injury for an extended period of time lit a spark that said, mm. be grateful that you can move your body. And from that point on, 30, 40 years ago, 30 years ago, it's like, yeah, I, I want to move. I, I enjoy moving the body. Even if it's walking Clark around the block, like how long have I been doing that, you know? Or our, our dogs, like just walking them during the day. So... Yeah, find out what it is that that is driving you. Taking those breaks, right? The transition the wisely. Transition Take wisely. the dogs, you know, for a little walk. Walk to the mailbox, get the mail. It's not a chore. It's a gift. You get to walk to the mail because you've got legs that work and you have a heart that beats. And there's so much to be thankful for and grateful for. Um, and I think this is the second part of this question is, what food do you recommend for packable desk lunches at work? The, the dish that comes to mind for me is our protein-packed quinoa salad in the Yogi Triathlete cookbook. Um, that thing is just slamming with nutrition and also a meal that's not going to like make you feel like you got to take your pants off after and take a nap. Like It's going to really energize you. And then I would say like for a nice little sweet dessert, um, like nut butter stuffed dates, Oh, wouldn't that be so lovely after like a super healthy light lunch um, like that? So that's, I would say that would be really yummy. Well, my go-to when I was working in an office, my, my go-to was to walk up to the little market and buy my lunch and bring it back to the little kitchen. And I'd buy a head of kale, a can of chickpeas, an avocado, and a lemon, <laughs> right? I know this so well. And uh, then a mixture, which I would mix at home, of nutritional yeast, flax meal, and probably chia seeds. 
and I would always have that mixture, and I would just sprinkle that on. Mm, so so good. every day, of course, because I'm a routine, we'd have kale, which I would massage with the lemon juice, half a lemon, and then I would throw in the av- uh, a full avocado and chickpeas, and it was just awesome. Avocado and lemon makes the best salad oh, dressing. So, so good. good. So good. Yeah, that's delicious. Yeah. So that's, I mean, and then carrot, carrots. Remember we used to do carrots with salt and lemon? Mm, petrified carrots. Yeah. After our friend Petra. That's really good. Uh, who introduced those. So that was lemon, salt, and carrots. And juices. Remember we so were packing, good. I was packing juices all the time. Mm-hmm. And grapefruit. I, I just remember all the jars that we had yeah. when you sent me to work. Yep. You sent me to work. <laughs> Get out of here. Go to work. See ya. I'm not saying I didn't love those years when you worked at 40 hours a week and I got to be at home working at home. I mean, I love it when you And come. also having different rooms in the house. Yeah. Having a house with different rooms. Yeah. Now we're in one space. <laughs> yeah. I know you love it. <laughs> That's why lockdown had no effect on us whatsoever. <laughs> They're always locked down. <laughs> it didn't. Plus where we live, I never felt like anything was really happening. But I know it was, and I'm not saying that out of disrespect. Okay, final question. When recovering from injury, when is it okay to get back out there? Oh, this is such a great question. Depends. Because it's a, it's really, it's tuning in. It's tuning in to, and I, uh, this person that sent this question, I know they meditate. It's tuning in to what's going on in the body and not being too afraid to go out there and risk it and see because your body's going to give you feedback, like pretty much ASAP. Um, But there is a point with injury. So you can kind of look like if it's a sprain, if it's a strain, if it's, you know, uh, something like that. Yeah, if it's like you can kind of look with Dr. Google and say, oh, well, a sprain takes you know, six weeks. And so you can kind of look at that data and the information from what's been proven and what's been shown through athlete recovery from injury. And you can kind of use that as a guide. And when you get to that point, go out and have an experiment. You know, if it's running, I would walk and see how walking feels. Oh, walking feels good. Take a couple steps running. Oh, doesn't feel good. Okay, going home. Not ready yet. That's fine. So you want to respect it. You don't want to push it, especially when it's injured. But I can tell you that you know when you're healed. This is how you know when you're healed. You're not thinking about it anymore. (laughs) That's when you know you're healed. 100%. From whatever it is in your life, whether it's like an injury to your, you know, your energetic body, like your emotional body, you know, somebody does wrong to you or is mean to you, you know, at first it hurts so much and you're thinking about it so much. And then all of a sudden you're just not, and you know that you're healed. So physically, same thing. Like, um, in this last injury, it's like, I couldn't walk, you know, get up and stand up in the morning without thinking about it. Even like, Oh my God, how's it going to feel when I stand? And then you get to, then you begin to notice, right? This is the, one of the, one of the many gifts of mindfulness. You begin to notice like, Oh, I didn't think about it when I stood up this morning. That's when you know that healing is happening. So what do you think, Beach? Yeah, you have to experience it. Um, in my last experience the past few months, there's no 
there's no Google, Dr. Google, that's going to tell me to do exactly, like if I wrote exactly what just happened to me and how I got to this point, there's no prescription for that. You know, there's no history of that that would come out. It's, it's about feeling your way, you know, walking, then running, then adding in intense, like taking the steps step by step without an agenda. Mm-hmm. And, and not, this is, a, this is a really important point that I want, that I want to really stress is don't let your old beliefs dictate how you navigate this current situation in your body and mind. Right? The mind's going to be like, oh, in the past I took 10 weeks off. This is just something that always happens to me. So now I'm going to take 10 weeks off because that's what happened before. And the universe is like writing down like, oh, oh yeah, cool, we can't, yeah, we can't forget. This is something that always happens. So we so, got to make sure that in six months we may make sure it happens again. We, we were going to give them, a, we were going to do it in four months, but mm-hmm. since they said they're committed to 10, we're going to keep giving them 10 because that's what they, <laughs> that's what they want. Yeah. And actually this was going to be the last time, but mm, clearly they don't realize that anything right. can change and they can overcome it. So we got to put that back on the schedule and we'll hit them up again with that injury in December. Yeah. It's so. Yeah, that's important. It's really important to treat each new opportunity as a new opportunity and seeing the mind wanting to go into the past and say, this is just like it was before. It's not like it was before. If it was like it was before, it would have been before. You'd be in before. You're not. You're in now. (laughs) That stuff is gone. It's long gone. Um, And so this experience I just went through, literally, I had to feel my way through the whole thing. I did all the things I didn't exhaust every option, but I took. A, I did a lot of options. A lot of options. Chiropractor, acupuncture, doctor, uh, rest, um, strength, mobility, uh, herbs, uh, strictly just yoga. Walk like everything you could think of, and I finally found a formula because I kept feeling my way through it, and eventually I've gotten to this point where I'm almost at the point where I don't think about it at, at all. Like it doesn't even come into my awareness. Um, it's the best when you get there. It is. Oh man. So, so the answer to the question is you got to feel into it. And I know that the mind is seeking certainty. Like, is it going to be four weeks? Is it going to be four days? Is this the proper tape I use to tape around my ankle or do I need to buy a different kind of tape? And there is no right or wrong. It really is about meeting, meeting yourself right here. And folk, here's another piece is focusing on what you can do and not what you can't do. Because all too often, I was guilty of it too. I can't bike right now. I can't run fast right now. What can I do? I can swim. I can do yoga. Uh, eventually, this is going to turn. The tables are going to turn. You talk about that all the time. Like eventually that scale will tip and you're going to get into that, that flow. You're but get... stay as fit as you possibly can, right? Right To keep the momentum going, yeah? Like energetic momentum is super important for the life that you desire to live and what you desire to overcome in this life. But also, the fitter you are, healthy fit, um, the better your body is going to have the ability to repair itself. Always ask. Is this moving me forward or is this moving me backwards? So, And you'll know. Do I grab a beer when I come home from a workout or do I grab some turmeric tea? Is, is one moving me closer or further away? Yeah, maybe the turmeric tea and then the beer. Yeah, I mean, you can always do that. Right? It's always <laughs> can, an option. You can front load. But it's, it's yeah, it's, uh, 
It's new in every moment. And in this last, coming back to running in this last time, I remember, I don't know, we talked about it a couple of months ago on the show. Like there was one time where I came back and I was like, yeah, I was running like 45 seconds and then walking fit. And you were like, that's a lot. And I was like, uh, you know, like hands on my hips fighting for my limitations. And guess what? Like I was down and out for like another 10 days because of that. I pushed too hard. And, um, but so what? You had to learn, you had to experience that to know that that was too much. To know that the coach is right. (laughs) No, not always. You were in that situation. Well, I just, I've done this way too much. I've done this way too much. So if you're listening to this and you're like, no, you don't understand, my situation is different. I have a race this weekend and I can't, you know, breathe. I've got a stuffed nose and a cold. Trust me, race day will come and whatever experience you are meant to be delivered, you will be delivered. So why resist it? Embrace it and learn something from it. And get a neti pot and some eucalyptus oil. There you go for that. (laughs) Boom. (laughs) Neti pots are the best. They're hardcore. Um, All right. I think that's all we had. That was awesome, you guys. Thank you. Thank you for the diversity in the questions and just for the questions, period. It was awesome. I think this is a good place to wrap it up. Any final words, Beej, as we're going into race season for runners and triathletes? After being off of racing for so long? Yeah, I just had the conversation today about going out too hard. You know, we're going to be we're going to be eager. We're so excited to get into this race season. I know some races has happened have happened, but for most of us we haven't raced yet. Like we're just waiting and they're coming now. So we're like, "Oh, like amped up and ready to go and again, if you're doing distance running, you're doing distance triathlon, you're doing distance anything. Build your way through. Like, ease your way into it. Um, finish stronger than you started. Uh, all too often, we go out way too hot, and then we suffer. And the risk in going out too hot is being okay with whatever you, happens during that event. If you're okay with, you know, blowing up too soon to learn something, that's cool. I, I, you know, I'm always about... I firmly believe in having experiences and learning from them. And really, if you want, like, I remember Nicole DeBoom telling you that a million years ago, like, BJ, you got to be, to go after what you're going for, you got to be willing Mm -hmm. to blow up. For most of us, though, I believe we want to finish, we want to (laughs) finish the event. Like, we're in that space of like, this is my first one. Yes. I want to get, I want to get to the finish line. So just, you know, notice your, notice how hard you're going out or how, how fast you're going and just dial it back a little bit so that you can finish strong and have, um, have the best experience you can, a beautiful experience. Yeah. Whether that's ultra running or triathlon or cycling, whatever the endurance event is. Um, well, what do you think? What are your words of wisdom as we... Well, I think the guidance of a coach is like invaluable. So if you're thinking about it, just have a conversation with Daniel or Liz, um, Liz for running, Daniel for triathlon, just get on the phone with them and have a conversation. And you just never know, right? Like just take that next step. I've always had a coach. I've always invested in a coach. I just happened to be married to a coach. So that worked out really well. But um, even in times where I didn't think I could afford a coach, you know, it it was a non-negotiable because I realized the value. So I think that that objective guidance is everything. And also utilize this podcast as a way to have access to two coaches um, where we can, you know, at least give you our perspective. And, um, but yeah, just 
Find what you love and do more of it and get really clear on what you want. Because if you don't know what you want, it's like a sailboat without a a rudder in the wind. Yeah. If you don't know what you want, you're always going to default to putting yourself second. Yeah. And everything else first. Yeah. Right? And then you get to the point where you're like, oh, I'm not going to be able to do this race again because I haven't been training. I haven't been doing things for me. Yeah. And And then other things are going to crumble. Yeah, because you're creating. And that's not, I don't say that to, you know. Scare you. Yeah, yeah. It's not like, you better. That's not what it is. It's just the vibration that you're building. Give give yourself a shot at the best life possible. Yes, Because life loves you, and it's just waiting for you to love it back. All right. Peace. See you next month. See you next month in Coeur d'Alene. See you this month in Coeur d'Alene. Oh, this month. Yeah. Yeah, if you're in Coeur d'Alene. We'll see you next month on the show, dude. Next month on the show. See you in a few weeks in Coeur d'Alene. Boom. Boom.